everybody. Welcome. We are back for another episode of the Marshall Street Podcast. Yes, with a very special guest, Marcus. Thanks, guys. No, thank you. Good to be here. Beautiful. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from? Okay, so uh, I am from a business called My Chiropractic, which is my, it's a wellness studio. We're going to go through a bit of a rebrand in the new year because we sort of diversified beyond chiropractic into a full wellness offering. And that's over in Altham. I've been in the area since I graduated, which was in 2006. I grew up around the area. Nice. Um, I used to work at the Altham gym as a PT. Right, uh, staying local. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I was pretty quiet as a kid, uh, a bit shy, so I, I, I got a PT quality uh, when I was at uni so I could start working as a PT to prepare the one-on-one conversational part of my job and then talking to people about their health and asking some of those you know, harder questions. And then, yeah, started work in Altham and I've been there ever since. Um, I, I have always come from a lifestyle wellness perspective though. There's lots of diversity in terms of what a chiropractor can offer. Um, personally, I always like to get to the cause of all health issues. So um, through that, there's been a natural investigation through time for me around all the different um, information out there related to health and wellness and the things that impact us um, as individuals. And um, I come from a philosophical position of the, the whole is you know greater than some of the parts mm. um, and um, I'm trying to create, a, I'm in the process of trying to create a model um, which will be um, called Super Well, which is around helping people maximally express their health, um, yeah, as an individual. Cool, awesome. And then, so just to give people uh, some context, we're in a business networking group together yeah. um, and I listened to one of your podcasts uh, where you talked about sleep not only the importance of sleep, but actually how much it can affect you and what you do in your day-to-day lives. Um, and one of the big ones that blew me away was the start of like lack of sleep, if you don't get your proper sleep, how much that can affect your memory and retaining information the next day. So when it comes to test or VCE kids who are going through exams, uh, they may study and know, know the shit, know the content, if they don't get enough sleep the night before, that can actually affect them enough to to either fail or pass them. Like yeah. essentially it affects your mind that much that you can do everything right. And, and teachers never told you this. Where, yeah. Hey guys, sleeping the night before an mm. exam is as if not more important than the fucking study you do two months leading up to it. Yeah, well, th- I mean, there's an interesting, uh, we can add links into the podcast here. Mm. There's an interesting YouTube a video of a TED Talk, a guy called Matthew Walker. He's probably one of the leading experts in the world around this, and he has some. He shows some imagery where they did a study where they compared two groups of people where they got them to learn new information. They had one that got a good night's sleep, and then one mm. which they deprived, and they showed that there was a forty percent reduction in um, the retention of information. Right, forty percent. Yeah. And uh, what they found, um, there's a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is sort of I guess you could, it's kind of like an inbox, like you, that's, start, that's the starting process of, of generating memories. And what they found when people were sleep deprived, there's actually almost no activity in that. So it's like you're trying to learn, if we use an email as an analogy, you're trying to learn information, um, it comes into the system, then you have to process it and it gets filed off somewhere in your brain and so forth. Uh, when you don't sleep, it just bounces back, like it doesn't even get there in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, so. We, we know that sleep's really important and it's not only important for um, uh, the retention of, but it's in preparation of trying to learn a task. So if I was coming here and having some kind of 
lesson um, to learn the guitar or something like that. Mm. If I don't sleep the night before, my ability to even start the process is, yeah. is no good. And then if I don't sleep the night of, you don't integrate that information. So our brain goes into processes after we do learn things. When we sleep, um, it's really important for the formulation of those memories. So um, when you get into different levels of sleep, um, your brain brings that information together. It actually speeds up, uh, I think, up to about 20%. So it's like you're redoing the day in fast motion and it <laughs> sort of integrates that information. And while you sleep. While you sleep, right? Huh. So if you're not if you're not sleeping, then you, you lose that. You don't give it that yeah. Yeah, chance yeah, yeah. to go through that process. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of just like looking at something and just being like, I, didn't, I did not yeah, recognise those the words. The information yeah. didn't even yeah. go in, which yeah. is, and I mean, especially, and one of the reasons why I was so keen to get you on was in the music and entertainment industry, sleep is something that many artists have to sacrifice either out of necessity that you play gigs late at night um, and that gets your body out of its usual sleep rhythms um, or there is that kind of um, thought process of, you know, fuck it, sleep and you're dead. Fuck it, like, let's go out. They'll Dudes will be, especially guys who are trying to um, be DJs or starting out in the scene, they'll usually have to play like three clubs a night. So they might play somewhere from fucking nine till 12, 12 to three, then go to another one for recovery from fucking four till seven in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they'll do that Friday and Saturday night. And, it, and then they form into, not everyone, but just from, you know, people that we have seen, they fall into, you know, what I'd call mental health issues, whether it's they're not performing at their best or um, depression, anxiety, or just not not functioning to what would be 100% of their of their output capacity. And a lot of it comes down to sleep. Um, and then I guess all the other things that you just don't talk about as an artist, like food, the nutrition, what we put in our bodies is going to have a great effect on how it works and, you know, what we can do the next day. Um, yeah, so run us through some of that. What's your, and even before we get into that, what are your thoughts on the... Um, um, like that whole sleep when you're dead and all right, well, you know, kind of praising the, yeah, man, I just w work all night. That's that, that approach. Yeah. So I personally was a bit of a, like a, a play hard, party hard, you know, train hard, work hard. So I, when I was at uni, I got ducks of the course cause I studied, I'd study late at night. My best hours were like 11 till three. Um, cause I'd be training after I'd go to uni all day and then I'd go and do footy training or something else, you know, depending on the time of year. Then I'd eat and then, you know, <clears throat> decompress for a little bit. Then I'd get into the study and then it was just go, 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 go all the time. And sometimes I reflect back and think, geez, I wish I, ha I, wish I had some of the knowledge I have now um, back then because I probably would have pulled back a little bit. Uh, the, definitely the, the attitude of uh, I'll, s I'll sleep on a die um, basically means you're going to get there faster. Um, they know that all cause mortality um, which means all things that will kill people increase if you don't sleep. Um, the World Health Organization classified shift work as a carcinogen, mm. right? Meaning, yeah. in other words, if you're a shift worker and you work late at night, you're increasing your chance of having cancer, which yep. is just, you know. Mind-blowing. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting. And can you um, just repeat that again? Because that's a huge statement. Just the World Health Organization. Yep. So they, yeah, they classified. I can't remember when it was that shift work was is as a carcinogen. So if you think about nicotine, tobacco, things mm -hmm. that cause lung mm -hmm. cancer, they're putting lack of sleep or you know yep. sleep depth or interfering with sleep cycles in the same kind of um, bracket as that. Yep. Um, and it's really um, fascinating because more and more information is coming out around the detrimental effects of sleep. I have a little, a cool little infographic on my phone, which we'll go through shortly, which we can put up as well, link to that um, in the notes that it talks about all the different 
um, aspects in which sleep deprivation will impact on someone. Um, coming back to your point about the artists, I, I guess, and where I said at the start, uh, looking at things holistically, um, I have to go to a net, networking thing next week and they asked me for a job title and I don't really, I could have written chiropractor, but it, I know the guy and the reason why he's invited me is not because of that, it's because of this more holistic thinking. I was trying to come up with a title and I end up just calling myself a holist because that's the way I kind of view everything and you need to look at life. Like health is always packaged up as one entity and then you've got work or you've got exercise or you've got relationships or whatever, but nothing actually exists independent of anything else and everything flows into each other. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand the impact of all those other choices on each other. And so if you're an artist and you have to go out and that's you, you, you earning your crust at night time, you, you need to do that work up front um, until you have a little bit more say in what um, what you're doing. You need to make sure you're supporting your life everywhere else um, so that when you when it comes to that day, your body's robust, you know, and the impact that, it's, the impact that night's actually going to have on you is less. Mm. So... It's still going to have an impact, but if you can minimise the impact, that would be the advice that I'd be trying to um, get across to people. And then that comes back to, you know, really understanding that um, health is an expression and that you can either facilitate that expression or you can diminish it. Um, and, yeah, that that's what I would be advising anyone in that space is, yeah, supporting them themselves with a, an appropriate lifestyle based upon the things that are important to them, right, because everybody's yep. different as well. So how do you... Well, how would you suggest if someone is, say there's like a lot of people that are starting out and trying to find where they want to be in the music industry and things like that. They might be a DJ, they might produce music, they might um, mix live bands and stuff like that. So they've got all these different things that they have to kind of tick off just to earn enough money to live. How do you, how do you approach that in terms of getting enough sleep or getting enough exercise or eating the right foods and all that sort of stuff? Does it start with kind of scaling back or you know how do you approach that so i would take the i would have a series of questions that i would ask so the first one is what what am i wanting to achieve i want my body to be you know at peak performance given the things that i have to do so what is what does that in what does that entail um and um then that's then you you're adopting a philosophy that you're over that overarches all your decision making in each area so then you go all right well when i when it comes to food um, what does it mean, peak performance, you know, and how does this impact on everything else? So if we look at food, what we don't often do is look at, you know, the choice that we're making here on this area over here. And really it's the interconnection between two parts in life that actually makes most of the difference, right? Mm -hmm. It's where this thing affects the other thing. So you could, you could look at consumption of things that interfere with your brain function like caffeine, alcohol, um, taking drugs, you know, even the time of day that you choose to do certain things. So like if you're going to have a coffee, um, you want to make sure that you've got up and you've moved first, you've mm -hmm. um, eaten some food first and you're not taking a coffee to kickstart your day. So mm -hmm. I can imagine an artist goes out on the weekend, you know, they, they work, they're tired, their sleep cycle's interrupted, comes to Tuesday morning, they've got to get up and, you know, maybe Monday they have a rest day but Tuesday they've got to get up and start doing some stuff, mm -hmm. you know, working through some of their own work, whatever, mm -hmm. get out of bed, they're feeling a bit exhausted so they just jack themselves up with a coffee, right? <laughs> or you know, like energy drinks. 500 yeah. mil of mother yeah, is right. the more we likely. Like and that stuff, right, is just like death. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you're like basically going to erode your insides having that. So you'd be far better off getting up and moving, like going out and exercising. Yep. That'll stimulate your body more. Totally. Than, mm -hmm. And even if it's just a swift walk around the block, um, doing, um, you know, 
like star jumps for five minutes yeah. or yeah. like push-ups, some squats. You don't even need to go to a gym or anything. You just need to get yourself moving. You need to yep. get your blood pumping. Yep. Have some nutrition, um, mm-hmm. get that into your body, and then you'll be your, your body will be primed to go. Mm-hmm. You're going to be more effective when you're in that state because when you take a mother to kickstart you, what you're actually doing is it's like getting paddles on your adrenal glands. Yeah. You know, like you know when people have a heart attack, yeah. heart attack, they get the paddles on them. Yeah. It's like putting them on your adrenal glands and then um, you know shooting shooting them up a bit. So then all of a sudden you're in the fight or flight response, you're in a stress yeah. response. Mm. Your brain doesn't work as effectively nah. in that state. Shuts your memory down doesn't other work, things, doesn't it? Yeah, so like you think, running through you. totally right. And then the things that occur when when you're in that state. If you think about someone, if they talk about recounting an event where they were, they got attacked or something like that, and they often can't remember things. It's because mm. your brain, um, what it does when you're in that status, um, you have this little central control mechanism. It's a bit like this booth that we're in here that controls all the elements in your body. And when you're in stress, it actually shuts things down and turns mm. things up. So, for instance, you'll get like... Uh, Right now, um, this this is a bit of a unique room because you can't hear anything outside of here. But if we're in, say, my office, there's noises everywhere. Mm. But if we were having this conversation, you wouldn't notice any of that because your brain just filters it out because mm. it's not important. When you're under stress, filters go away. You hear everything because it's a protective mechanism. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. light sensitivity, same thing. But then there's all these other functions like, um, you know, if you're in the fight or flight, you need to be able to fight or run away so heart rate changes blood rate um, blood pressure sugars fats cholesterol all change you know all this stuff changes in your system anything that's not important gets shut down like reproductive hormone production digestive stuff immunity complex memory formation gets reduced so being in a state of stress yeah, so if you're doing that to yourself all the time, you're just no having good. energy drinks left, right and centre. Yep. You're just keeping yourself like in your body 10 Red Bulls yeah. and vodkas oh. when you're overseas. <laughs> that was ludicrous. And I paid Sounds for like it. Sounds like a good story. Yeah, well, yeah. we were in, uh, when I was over in the States, we were in DC and it was, it's similar to that. We were still, we were struggling with jet lag and the time difference. Um, so we went down and we were watching Washington play in Washington. First time the World Series had been there. So obviously we're not, not going to stay in the hotel and not do anything. Um, but it was like midday and we we're just super tired. Like, oh, we'll have a vodka Red Bull just to pick it up, have one. And then without even thinking about it, like, looking back, it's one of those stupid things like, how did you fucking idiots not put this together? <laughs> without thinking, we just drank them all night, put back like fucking 10 or 12 of them or something. Yep. Just we're not out of the intention to drink Red Bull. We were just like, well, this is better than beer. And we weren't thinking. It was literally yeah. the thought process didn't go past that. Both of us, we got back to the hotel at like 2 in the morning. Both me and Chris lied there and it was like, 10 to 16 hours of pain, yeah. like literally pain, worse than any fucking come down of any drugs, worse than fucking <laughs> smashing like bottles of liquor, like pain. It was fucking brutal. Yeah. And then the next the next day we were both talking about it, about how bad it was, and then it kind of clicked and we're like, fuck, dude, we just drank like 10 Red Bulls yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And we're like, how did we not? How did we not fucking think? Yeah. Or more importantly, the fucking genius who was serving <laughs> these fucking Australians. At what point was he like, guys? You've been drinking Red Bull for six hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and fuck, you, you feel it. You but, do, mate. And but, caffeine. I, I can't remember. I think caffeine has a half life. I'll look. I'll look it up while we're here. So yeah. a half life. You know when you t- when you have a drink and they say it takes so long to get out of your body. So like mm-hmm. a half life is basically how long it takes you to eliminate half, half of the substance, of right? Yep. So caffeine half life is um, I don't know whether it's eight or twelve hours. So if you have like yeah, um, I thought it was eight. Caffeine half life. Here we go. And even just getting oh, it ba- says oh. at five to six hours here. So if you have 
if you're having um, a f- like say three coffees a day, mm. you're not re- you're perpetually caffeinated yep. um, mm-hmm. because it just never really gets out of your system. Yeah. Which you think about how many people just keep smashing you know coffees. Um, Fucking a, that's me. Six Red Bulls. Uh, tw- ten Red. How many did you say? Ten. Well, we we brought back twenty. So they give, we could keep the cup with it, and yeah. twenty of those cups made it back and to our hotel rooms. All right. So twi- so we brought back we had at least twenty if there is and some cups didn't make it back with us. So Man, yeah, that that's pretty full on. Yeah. yeah. And the what that's doing to your body is just like putting you into this this ultimate state of stress. Um, it was and bad. <laughs> we like to use a couple of things that I use often when I'm talking to people to try and help them understand this. We use this um this idea of health being an expression. So you can't when people say, I want to get healthy, you can't actually get healthy because it's a potential energy that already exists within you. So, if, for instance, if we turn the lights off in this room, what would happen? It'd go dark. It'd go dark, right? So everyone always, not, not everyone, 98% of people say it goes dark. But really, if now that it is light, can I add darkness in? Mm. You can cover the lights yeah, up. Yeah, but you can't, darkness you can't, isn't a real thing, uh, right? Yeah, you can yeah. lose light. Right? So yep. we like to use this as an analogy in that health is an expression, just like light is an expression from the globes, right? So you can't, you're not really adding sickness in. What you do is you lose the potential of your body to regulate. You, lo- you lose the potential of your body to express itself the way that it's designed to and it wants to mm. by adding in poor lifestyle choices. So when you get yourself in a state of fight or flight, what you're doing is you're taking yourself into a, into a state of um, uh, like, Catabolism, which is you would have heard of anabolic steroids, no doubt, mm-hmm. and that's about growth and repair. Um, that's what steroids do; they help you grow and re- grow and repair faster. So that's how you can go to the da- go to the gym, smash your muscles, tear them apart. Then they'll grow quicker and faster. You can go again and again, and you get bigger and bigger. Um, so we want to be in a state of anabolism, where our body's repairing, growing, expressing itself maximally. But when you're in a state of stress, you get you're in this catabolic state where your body's breaking down, churning through its stuff. And you know when people are under chronic stress, how they lose a lot of weight, mm. you can see that they they're, age. they're deteriorating in, in front of your eyes because yep. that they're breaking down. So when you that's what like having stuff like caffeine regularly will do to you. It increases that aging process. Mm, cool, mm. interesting. <laughs> and then um and just getting back to a point you mentioned before, which was really good. Actually, it was two points. Um, one of it was uh, having a coffee first thing in the morning. Yeah. So there was um, a book, uh, an e-book I was listening to where they addressed that. Um, and basically he wanted to bring into your morning regime, um, which I do now and it's fucking awesome. But it's basically like a big pint glass of water with um, some lemon, apple cider vinegar and salt. Um, and he recommended Himalayan, pick, um, Himalayan salt. Apparently it comes from a different depth is how they can actually classify it as that. But there's some other stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that before your morning coffee, because it just gets your insides and your organs going. Um, and lemon the, water specifically, yeah. Yeah, lemon and the water, apple yeah. cider vinegar apparently yeah. is super good. Yeah. Um, but he used the analogy of having a coffee in the morning to get yourself going is the equivalent of pulling the fucking fire alarm as your alarm clock. Yeah. Like it's just fucking mayhem. Just your inside, it, yeah. 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 And that, when I just heard that, I was like, fuck, that makes a lot of sense. But I guess through society norms or just accepted behaviors, um, you know, it's complete, it's normal for your herd or the people you hang out with to be like, oh, have a coffee. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, one of it is obviously starting and having these conversations and bringing awareness to some of the things that a society accepts, um, you know, as done behaviours doesn't mean they're fucking any good for us or doing anything fucking 
productive in our lives. No, you've got to not compare yourself to society, right? And this is another conversation we have a lot. What is that philosophy that you're living with, your overarching philosophy, like mm. coming back to your question? If, if it's all about performance and being at peak performance and being a, an artist is no different to being a footballer or and you know one of my mates he's a um, he's a BMX rider and he's won a couple of X game gold medals on the on the mega ramp and you know those guys mm. you know you think that they'd be like full-on party animals and stuff and then when we went over there to watch him perform in this thing called the Jew tour like mate, they're all like they're all super professional, you know, because yep. that's their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite often, what ha- what what we see is that um, people and you know, the invent of um, social media has probably made this worse. That you um, you see only one part of someone's life, and these guys who th- who you think are rad and gnarly and do all this stuff, but behind the scenes they're like super focused, and they understand what makes them, you know execute the best they possibly can so if you're an up-and-coming artist you should be adopting these principles because it's i listened to a a podcast yesterday with ed norton um about his new movie i listened to two in a row actually because he was on um joe rogan and also um tim ferris i saw him on that joe rogan when i started listening to it yeah and i thought i'd love to see the contrast between the two Mm -hmm. interviews so i listened to them back to back um which was you know pretty interesting and but listening to this guy and you think man there is no it is not a coincidence that you are as successful as you are because yep. of the the level of thought thought that goes into your decision making so mm-hmm. but before thought comes like some kind of philosophy on the way you want to live so in answering the question you go all right well what's important to me how do i perform let's look at all the things i'm doing in my life and like let let's just fuck off all of society's normal structures mm-hmm. and just forget about it like for instance i'll give you a really good example when you go to a cafe why do they have a breakfast menu versus a lunch menu? You can eat shit whenever you want. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter now. Like, it's a convenient thing probably from a chef perspective, so they're only yep. pumping out the same menus. Yep. But we, we take this and then we bring it into our own life. So like we have a breakfast aisle in the supermarket. Yeah. Man, you can have anything at any time yeah, of the day. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, uh, if I have like steamed veggies in the middle of winter, you know, with, some, with my dinner, I'll make a bit of extra stuff you know, and some mashed sweet potato or something, I'll have that for breakfast mm. because it's highly nutritious mm-hmm. and, and it gives me like a lot of what I need mm. rather than ripping out, you know, cornflakes, which have nothing, totally, in, yeah. you know. Um, so you've got to break down, you know, existing norms because our society is not doing very well on a performance basis. Mm. Like if you think chronic disease is going through the roof, the governments, they reckon by... 2040, I think it was, or 2032, they did this commission, it was 2009 they did it, they were, they were saying that if chronic disease keeps going at the rate it does, in New South Wales, their entire state budget would have to go to the treatment of chronic disease, which is obviously not feasible. Yeah. But that's how how out of control it it's getting. Yeah. Um, and it's because we just accept certain things in our yeah. society. You know, in Australia where we are now, seven out of 10 adults are overweight or obese. You know, so if you're comparing yourself to everyone else, <laughs> you're comparing yourself to yeah. the average is bad, mm. right? So yeah. <laughs> um, we want to we want to create our own ideas, our own concepts. So that's why you have to start asking questions. Well, what, why am I doing this in the first place? Mm. Yep. Is this the right way to go about it? And what I would suggest if I was an artist, because, you know, you don't have a nine to five kind of existence. Yeah, yeah. You have to break your life apart into the pieces. And then when I'm, I'm making hand gestures, which are good for the video, but not so good <laughs> for the actual podcast. Just imagine my hands waving everywhere. Um, and 
when you then you look at each individual piece and then you you adopt a certain philosophy on that that is in line with your overall philosophy you know and then once you have all those things in alignment you can you can structure your days and your weeks up to make sure you're getting the maximum out of it so mm. you know if you know that sleep deprivation is going to have a certain impact on you the Monday and the Tuesday may be more around restoration Repair, yeah. and, and health and so forth and then you might stack your week accordingly so that if you have creative time, you know, you, the worst time to try and be a creative would be on a Monday or a Tuesday because your brain is just not in that space. Mm. Like you're going to find it really hard. Mm. Like writer's block, if you, you know, um, I'm assuming is a real thing for artists in the music world. It would be called something else. Yeah. Musician uh, block. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a block. thing. Yeah. It's a thing. We don't fully believe in it. But it, it is true, right? So if you lose sleep, your ability to create yeah. um, yes. reduces significantly because we go through certain layers when we do sleep, um, our, our brain waves go... So when we sleep, you go through certain layers of sleep, certain cycles. Well, you go through cycles, but there's different levels of sleep mm. within that cycle. And our brain waves m mirror that. So our wakefulness brain wave is a beta brain wave. And then we go through alpha, um, theta, delta, right? And so um, the alpha state is kind of like that early kind of dream state then we drop into theta and that's when all your creative stuff starts to happen you know in your brain and you're in this creative space so you want to your brain is um and we drop into this throughout um the day normally as well but if you're stressed and if your body's if your brain's fatigued if you haven't had um enough sleep you won't access this this space mm. um as readily um and naturally because your brain is just so out of whack and out of, mm. out of balance. So you need to get your, your good sleep to be able to come back into these into these zones. Um, so you would then stack that stuff on a different day. And on Mondays and Tuesdays, you might just do mundane activities. Yeah. like yeah. Adding I, tasks and I, stuff. I, I, need, I know I need to eat really well for the week, so I'm going to go and do my shopping and I'm going yeah. to, like, um, you know, prepare some meals and stuff that's like and, – and when you're cooking in that, it actually – because it's so – um, unilateral with the focus of, you know, whatever you're doing, you're cutting or you're doing this, it's kind of almost meditative and it helps your brain because meditation drops you into some of these states mm. as well. So it helps you kind of get the healing that you need in, in your brain anyway mm. um, from the lack of sleep. Um, and, then, and then, yeah, you can stack your week in different ways. Um, so, yeah, kind of just get rid of the whole nine to mm. which musicians already do, right, because mm. you already live in non- in a, a non-traditional yeah, week um, life, but you, you just have to get better at organising yes. um, yourself to get the most out of what what you want yep, yep. Um, as well. And there's, I know there's a lot of people that rely on naps and stuff like that mm -hmm. to counteract the lack of sleep that they've had the night before and things mm -hmm. like that, but I understand that um, doing that, if you are sleeping irregularly and you're you know, you're not getting into deep sleep zones and stuff like that. Like you need, what, 40 minutes to get into a deep sleep zone yep. after REM sleep and then, you know, then that's when your body starts repairing and things like that. So if you're only napping and you're napping a lot throughout the day, having two naps a day or something like yep. that to counteract what you missed the night before, mm. your body's not actually doing that repairing stuff that no, you said so before you as well. The real the, the thing about sleep is you want to try and keep things as routine as possible. Mm -hmm. So if you have a night where you don't sleep, you want to go to bed at the same time on the, on the other nights so that you um, you keep that routine. Um, and then with that, you you know, just say it's like you want to try and get to bed somewhere between 9 and 10 p.m. But that's ideal, right? Um, hours of sleep before 12 tend to have a higher impact. Um, 
sleep's regulated so by... your brain starts producing certain chemicals at that point doesn't that's it that's how okay. yeah so our sleep cycle we have a thing called a circadian rhythm which is um which governs our sleep wake cycle and certain rhythms within our body and that's sort of dictated by a hormone called melatonin mm-hmm. and during the day um and here's another thing that we could probably talk about if you if you work all night then you stay in, indoors all day you're not really getting access to sunlight now sunlight is really important with the production of melatonin so you need to be outside you need to get outside to get this hormone produced in your body and that starts to kick in at around about 9 p.m for most individuals and takes them through to the sunrise the next day so 9 p.m is when we're traditionally you know our brain is set up to start going off to sleep so during the week you would really want to try and keep your sleep routine pretty much the same so that when you get to the weekend it doesn't have as much of an impact on you but if you're working to midnight every night and, and you're not really um, obeying the body's natural rhythms, it's going to have an even more significant impact. Like I was saying before, you need to make yourself robust so that it has less of an impact on you. And then that um, things that there are certain chemicals like stress interferes with melatonin production. So coming back to the coffee thing, if you, ha- you kickstart your day with a coffee and you get outside in the sun, you're not going to have the same impact in terms of production of that melatonin. So what you want to do is you want to try and be clean so that that melatonin comes back and you get straight back into your cycle. And when it comes back to naps, you can have naps. Naps are fine because they will help your body restore and recover because sleep, so much of it is about your body repairing. In fact, um, the guy, that expert, Matthew Walker, he has a quote that's something like, wakefulness um, creates low-level brain damage and sleep is the thing that repairs it. So just by being awake, you're creating yeah. harm to your body yeah, and then yeah. you require sleep to um, restore that. Yeah. Um, so having naps during the day is fine as long as they don't interrupt your yeah. normal bed routine. Um, so you, you having a siesta, in some parts of the world people have that yeah. you know, every day, yeah. but they also probably go to bed at the same time yeah, every yeah. night. Mm. It's just their body's in that rhythm and you need to, ad- you need to try and adopt that rhythm. Yeah. And so you will, your body's pretty intelligent. So you, if you get into a rhythm where you, you're doing this on a Friday and Saturday and a Sunday, then you might have two or three days where you have this siesta and then, um, then you have a day where you don't require it and then you, you're back. Mm-hmm. But that becomes your new rhythm. You, it's like a weekly cycle. You know, <laughs> your body gets into this cycle and it, and it starts. But you still need, it doesn't, um, even though you can create a new rhythm and a new cycle, it doesn't. Um, offset the damage that would be done by not sleeping for you know whole nights, but you okay. just have to be better at trying to get sleep when you can, and you know to try and get something rather yeah, than nothing. nothing. Yeah. That's what the next thing I was going to ask. Can you catch up on no. sleep once it's lost? It's lost. Damage is done. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So then now I guess with that um, and combining what you said, because I think um, what you said you did early in terms of uni and studying um, up until late. I think every everyone, or not everyone, people who have some sort of ambition in life will go through a period of their life when they're doing that. Yeah. Whether that's studying at university. I know my old man who was very academic, he would say the same thing. He was studying full time and then would go and tutor to pay for his fucking class and then would have to go and study his own mm-hmm. shit, um, which requires a lot of hours. Even if you're setting up a business in startup phase, the very idea of startup is you have to put in a great deal of work to get to a point of momentum where you can back off. Yeah. Um, so there is always gonna be um, periods, I guess, of your life when you might not have a full choice. I guess looking back on your experience, what you know now and what you've gone through, like you're obviously in pretty good fucking physical shape now. Um, having that holistic approach, that whole approach to life, do you think it is, you know, what's your views on is there still a time when you go, okay, 
by recognize it and going, this is a two or three year patch when I just know I need to fucking go hard. But there will be times when I can allow my body to restore and give it the care that it needs. But I know that that comes later. Yeah. Is that kind of a effective mindset or is that, I mean, you're still doing some damage, but I guess it's just recognizing that better than not. I guess it comes back to it's. This is get. This we're gonna go into like a whole like philosophy of life. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like what do you want out of your life? You know. And um, when I listened to this guy on a podcast, Matthew Walker, it was probably a Joe Rogan one. Um, mate, I got to the end of that. And I'm like, fuck. I'm gonna die. Like I'm fucked. I didn't <laughs> sleep. You know. Um, but then I was. Then I sort of you know realized. You know, I was being a little bit oversensitive. Um, but it's not. You know, what I had great experiences. When I was doing that, you know, I was I was going out, I was having fun. I, you know, it was part of my evolution as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't want to. I wouldn't take it back. You know, like I probably I would refine some of my um, behavior. Like instead of having ten vodka <laughs> Red Bulls, I probably would have had you know one or two, and then had something else or whatever. Yeah. But also like just there's there's flow on effects. We talk about the flow on effects, like going out and doing all that. I, you know, you spend money on like getting kits and um, also like consumption of stuff that's not necessary, you know, yep. but um, I could, th- I think about how that would be um, if I hadn't have done that. And this comes back to that whole holistic view of life. Imagine if I had done better with my choices around money when I was like between 20 and 25. Now when I'm starting up my startup business, instead of having to try and get it done in six months, I'm okay if it goes for 12 months because I've all, I'm in a better financial position, you know, yep. and I don't have to like, you know, ream myself um, through being awake all the time because I have a better support network, support structure underneath me to achieve what I want to achieve. Yep. But um, yeah, hard work comes, you know, of course at various times of your life, you need to be um, up more or sometimes you can't. Like we've got a three-year-old, we've got another a child on the way, you know, when they wake up, it's not like you can ignore them. Right? Yep. You have to address whatever you need to address. And so sleep deprivation and, and trying to balance sleep comes becomes an even bigger yep. issue once you have kids. Um, but you need to be prepared for that as well, right? So, um, you know, my wife and I having better routines and better conversations around that now um, in preparation for a few months down the track when that's all going to get thrown out the fucking window. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, my point coming coming back to the point is like choosing what you want your life to look like and going, all right, well, what do I, what's really necessary? Mm-hmm. What, what's necessary to have my life look like this? And then and then mapping that out and creating that balance again because that's where a lot of people go wrong and that they, they're doing things because they think that's what they need to do because other people are doing them. But if they really thought about it and they looked at the trade-off, the opportunity cost of that decision, they would maybe say, well, I don't want to do that. Yep. Um, like a good example, um, my wife and I, we've just, we're moving, we live in Albert Park. We're moving back out to Altham next year. We bought a house. If we wanted to both work full time, balls to the wall, you know, we, we could afford a house in Albert Park, right? We could, and we'd, and we'd do it comfortably. But our priorities, we, we want to be there, raising our mm. kids. It's only a short amount of time that they're young and then they go off to school. And later on when they're at school, we can work full time, you know, we can, and do whatever we want then if, if we choose to. Um, so we're making decisions around um, like our financial capacity, our living, um, where we want to live, relates to our family, which relates to my time and effort that I have to put in as a business owner. You know, if I 
um, have to work more, or I can't exercise, or our food will drop off, or our sleep will drop off. You know, so you have to try and find that even point of balance between it all, mm-hmm. and and understand what's most important at any at any one moment, and also yep. the future moments. Correct. So we make a decision today, which we know is a good decision for the next two years. Then Alki goes to school, and then you want to be embedded in a community. Then so maybe at that point in time, you go, Things well, do we change. want to move back? What do we want to do? You know, and then in that, if we want to move back, we need to have you know, a certain kind of idea around finances. So then you go, all right, well, what do I have to do now from a business perspective? How do I have to grow over the next yep. two years For in order to, to be able to have a choice, you know? Yep. And then the choice will be there. And then you may not choose to do that. You might choose to go somewhere else, but you still want to have the choice Yep. because you don't want to get stuck, right? And I think this is what happens with guys, particularly, you know, male suicide rates are through the roof. We're, I mean, we're, we're running some mows in here at the moment. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, uh, men's health and male suicide is a big problem. And I think a lot of it comes back to guys getting stuck. You know, they have a mortgage, they have a job, you know, they have to work to meet this these requirements in life. Um, and then they've got nowhere to go, right? And then they don't talk about it uh, because we're guys and we don't talk about things. Um, and so it builds up and festers in their mind and they have this unhappiness that plagues them. And then, um, you know, mental health issues are on the rise. Um, with depression and anxiety uh, rates in society because we get ourselves into these situations that aren't well thought out and not well planned out. And that same kind of idea, it comes back to what we, the answer yep. to your question around, you know, what should, what should an artist do is in terms of mapping that out, Correct. understanding where yep. they're at on their timeline of what they want. Definitely. Know? If you're and just I think- up and comer or you're a professional or, you know, whatever. Yep, definitely. And having, I think one of the big things, and I'm even like, I'm learning that myself over the last two or three years of kind of personal growth and development that I'm going through. But um, having that clarity around where you're going in life, where do you see your, and not just, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in 10 years, but I don't know what the fuck I'm doing on a day-to-day level to get there. Mm-hmm. Like by knowing what you're actually about, what you like, what you like doing, where you see yourself in two, three, five, and 10 years, once you really see that, and not only that, but you fucking believe it, then you can actually start acting towards that. Um, and that's one of the big things that I think um, people don't don't plan is just where is that North Star? Where is that 10-year point getting? Where is that, where do you actually, like if everything going to plan today, tomorrow, where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just mapping that out, reverse engineering that. Um, but without that, without that foresight, I guess, it's hard to bring that back to a, okay, why am I doing this? Well, I've gone out and got fucking shit-faced every Friday and Saturday night for the last six years. Why am I going to change that behaviour? If, if you don't believe in where you're going or have that why as to why you're going to do it, you're not going to change it. Yep. Um, and then the other point, um, fuck, which I've just completely forgotten. I'll um, jump in because that's yeah, good, yeah. right? So like this, you bring up some good points there. Like that, that whole philosophical piece, like why am I doing, what do I want my life to be like? Is really important because it dictates why you use why you make any decision because it's like a, a measuring stick. You know, you can apply it in a situation and say, um, uh, "This is what I'm trying to achieve." Like, how does this match up against that? Yes yep. or no? And you know, as an artist, um, there's multi layers to what you do. I I just put myself in the in the shoes of an artist, and as you were talking and thinking, well, I you know, um, if I'm let's. Who's, who do you think the biggest artist in the world is right now? Drake. Drake. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Drake um, and you go, all right, why am, I, why am I making my music? Like why am I doing it in the first place? At some, po- at some level, at some point in time, he did it because he just loved, he mm. loved making it himself. Like he loved the process of doing it. 
he may still do that, right? Mm. He um, he loves that. But then then beyond that becomes this like idea of a gift to the world. Like I'm I'm doing something because I know other people love I love it as well. Mm-hmm. I get enjoyment and feed positive feedback from internally from the the fact that other people love my music, right? So then 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 you become that's then that beca- that can be reversed a little bit in that all of a sudden there's expectations from the people on you. So then Drake feels like pressure to then bring yep. our music out. Mm. You know, I, yep. I, I need to do this or I need to go on tour to yep. satisfy my fans. Mm. But then going on tour completely fucks your whole existence mm. up. Mm-hmm. And then so then you're making choices that are not based on your own philosophy. You, you're basing on what the expectations of someone else are, you know, or whatever. And yep. you have to sit and say, well, what do I really want to do? Yep. And someone I really admire a lot for this is um, Wally DeBacker. Do you know Wally? No. He's a goitier. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's so my he's, school captain. Yeah, local lad from around here. Yeah, yeah, same. You're obviously Paradian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got ducks, ducks of the school. Really smart dude, Wally. Um, he went to my primary school and high school, and he's one of his best mates. Um, has a younger brother who's my age, and so I, I've I've known him for quite a long time, and I just loved following his journey. And you think he was he was at the peak of his powers, man. Like mm-hmm. how amazingly successful was that album, mm-hmm. and what's 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 he done since? Mm. He took himself out of it. He's gone and like doing some stuff. He's got his own recording studio. He's back to his art form. He's creative. He's back. He was back um, with his band, which I've just yeah. forgot the name. Yeah, um, I know the somethings. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, he played a gig on the weekend actually um, in Melbourne um, somewhere that um, a couple of mates went to, and um, you know it takes it takes some um, serious contemplation to sit there and say. Uh, instead of instead of riding the wave, I'm going to go back and do yeah. what I want to do because he could have immediately Definitely. pumped out another album. Yeah, and because like, I think another as a, a juxtaposition to that, um, that Kings of Leon album um, is only by the night. I think yeah, yeah. It, yeah. massive success, yeah. right? How, like a great collection of songs. And then I think of their next album and uh, I just think of like that little shit emoji, you know, because like <laughs> I'm sorry to pay out of the Kings of the Kings yeah, of yeah. But like compare in comparison, right, maybe mm-hmm. they maybe they went too quick. Maybe they – what happened yep. there, I'm not really sure, but I just didn't find that one as – and it wasn't su- as successful. Yeah. Maybe there was only probably one song that ever made it to the mm-hmm. radio or whatever, but like it wasn't as well-known, well-received because they probably took a different, yeah. different um, and even track. It- even getting back to that, one of the things that can dictate that decision, um, especially in music, even more especially in hip hop, is people buying shit they don't need to fucking impress a lot of people they don't know. Like the mm. idea of, all right, sweet, once you get some cash, let's buy a fucking car, let's buy some change, let's buy mm. some fucking gold. Yeah. Um, that creates a jail that you have to live in, the framework to do something you might not want to do. So if you're in the position where you're like, well, guess what? I don't really want to tour because my fucking vocal cords are gone. I can barely fucking function because I'm on all these fucking drugs just to get through the next night and you've been drinking for three months straight. But you've created a jail for yourself where you can no longer say no to that tour because of the framework you put around yourself. Um, So I guess, and you know, if you have that clear mentality of where you want to get to, that will um, just that thought process will allow you to, I guess, stop some of these social norms that people accept you. Which you know, I see a lot of people build their own jails that they then end up working a job they hate just to survive in. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. What, do, what do you want people to say about you? Like, this is something that I'd imagine if I was an artist, a question I'd be asking myself is, you know, what if people are going to talk about me? Um, 
like in society, people I don't know, like my fans, what are they going to say about me? Mm. And then if people are going to talk about me, people that I know, that I work with, what are they going to say about me and so forth and how you have to conduct yourself in order to get that, yeah, to get the outcome to get of the that question. that you right? want. Yeah. So, interesting. That's an interesting um, build process. Because do like doing all that flash shit, you know, <laughs> does that actually make anyone say the thing that you want them to say about you mm. as a person, you know? That um, sometimes it is, you know, maybe it is. Like think about um, Kanye. Like, yeah. Their whole life is just this like amazing kind of yeah. funny existence, you know. Yeah, it's like media circus. Yeah, and maybe that's exactly what they want. Yeah, right? uh, but even now get... he's gone like into the church and he's working a lot with like Christian music and, and she's, stuff like she that. She said so, she's fucking had enough. Yep. So yeah, that eventually something has to happen and it changes yep. and which yeah. isn't it's, which isn't always a bad thing. A lot, no. you know, um, in a world of positive reinforcement. S- Getting separating, leaving that shitty job you don't want so that you can get out of the fucking mortgage that you got into too early. Like, these things are okay. It's like, fuck, it's okay going, hey, I got into a relationship and married someone too fucking young. Mm-hmm. We moved on. The best thing you can do is get out of that because otherwise you're just holding each other in a fucking jail. Um, yeah. And sometimes that conversation is hard for people to have or bring up, but it is, it's a lot better to have that conversation because guess what? Yeah. You get out of it in two or three years, you're going to be a different person as opposed to dragging each other along with you and for the next you don't 10, get out of it or not. The, the feelings are still real. Yep, they're like still going to be there. you can suppress them there, but they're still there, man. And that mm. resentment will build and, you know, and mm-hmm. I think there's this really great, I don't even know where I read this once, great um, phrase and it's funny because you, you'll laugh at this given the where we where we network and the, the tagline of Giver's Game. Um, you can't outgive the universe, right? So, like, if, and if you're an artist, if you're thinking about someone who just wants to continue to create great mm-hmm. stuff for the world, like it's going to come back to you. you know, 100%. Is the opportunity to continue to create is going to keep coming back to you. Yep. Um, and that comes through like um, exposure and money and all that stuff. But if you become then a taker, a consumer, mm. you're, in a, you're, you're buying all the, all the stuff, you're doing all this stuff, you're, you're expending um, rather than giving, um, then that – and, I mean, you can say that you're giving because you, you're obviously transacting with someone else and they're getting the rewards of your money, you know what I mean? But at the same time – You don't really give – you're giving the focus changes. Yeah, the focus changes and it becomes more around creating this um, idea of yourself versus, you know, and that's and that, that branding. It's, we've, you've had, you're obviously all about brand positioning with some of the work you do. That branding, like what – again – coming back to those questions, what do you want people to say about you? Like that's really what you want your brand to be. You know, you've got to yep. create the right, you've got to, you, you got to take the right actions to create the right outcomes. But then that, when you're happy with that and you have that resonance within yourself that's in check with your own values and your own philosophies, you, you'll, um, you'll be happier. You know what I mean? 100%. And then there's one, there's one other thing that comes the next stage, I guess, for those who are still following along with this thought process yeah. and are We're fucking still with us. Yeah, 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 which is awesome. I love this fucking yeah. rabbit hole to go down. Um, but once you are aware of these things, once you do that fucking the self-searching and you fucking really uncover all the deep fucking shit and why you're addicted to this and why you keep falling back into these behavior patterns and why does why do all your girlfriends end up like this or why does every boyfriend you get why are these patterns there once you really start searching through them and you come up with this you know your why in life once you're, you're finding these points you want to get to and you're on this journey of positive growth which is ongoing you never get there the finish line is death mm-hmm. once you once you understand that the excuse of ignorance is no longer there 
because yeah. you're now accountable for everything. Yep. And that there, you can no longer play the, oh, I didn't know that. Because once you really understand it, you are aware that you are directly responsible for everything in your life, every aspect, yep. good or bad, everything. Not just taking all responsible, direct ownership over everything in your life yep. is your fucking fault. And people don't want to fucking have that torch shone on all their dark places. Nah. But once you do, once... And, you know, it can be the most powerful realization you have because you are in control of everything. But a lot of people, yeah, either, you know, it's super easy to blend on, oh, I didn't do that. You know, oh, that's easy for you to say. You have studios. Oh, that's easy for you. I couldn't have done that. It's like once you start taking ownership over all this stuff, ignorance is no longer a um, something you can hide behind because you're now accountable to yourself, to others. You're aware of it. Yeah, you're master of your own destiny. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. then that that comes with the then once you're aware of that then you have the ability to respond differently in a similar situation so in a situation where you might have slipped back into a toxic relationship or slipped back into an addiction or whatever it is you now have the ability to respond differently which is the responsibility in that you have mm -hmm. once you're aware you have responsibility um, which means you can change the way you respond in situations you can rewire your brain you can understand how the brain actually works you can start to looking like fuck man i wasn't happy but i wasn't sleeping two days a week and i was fucking drinking bottles on the weekend and doing fucking drugs and that was probably a direct correlation why i wasn't really happy or satisfied in those years yeah. um the responsibility comes back onto yourself yeah, you're gonna take ownership of it right yeah i mean there, there can be at times a, an apportion of blame to someone else. Like if someone hits your car or their car because they're, you know, not paying attention or something. Um, you know, there, there's always, there can be elements of life where someone else does something and it happens to you. Mm -hmm. But generally most of the stuff comes from you, not to yep. you. And, um, but even how, so say we take that situation of complete randomness where someone hits your car, yeah. how you respond to that, you'd be like, oh, well, I didn't have fucking insurance and now it's put me out with the ground, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, well... Okay, you you left yourself in a position to be exposed if something like this happened, yeah. and it did happen. So you left you created that situation for yourself. Yeah. Or you're on like, the road in your car. In your car, how yeah. you react to the situation is it's in your control. Completely up to you. Yeah, totally. And uh, this, it's it's really interesting. There's um, man, my head went in so many places, and now I'm trying to like piece it all back. <laughs> and, like, um, yeah, and Gemma, who works with me, she's a mindset coach. She does a lot of this stuff with people, trying to help them position themselves so they understand where things are coming from in their life and. We talked before about trying to arrange certain things in your life to make sure that um, you know you're getting the success that you want. And there's a, a philosopher. Um, her name's Ayn Rand. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of her. She's like I think she was from Russia. Maybe she's written a, a, a number of books that are pretty successful. And there's this one one part that she talks about, and essentially um, she alludes to the, the fact that where there's contradictions in your fundamental premises in your life, um, destruction will Ensue. So, like, for instance, um, if you are someone that works your ass off, right? So, a contradiction might be um, between like money, work, family, and relationships, like your kids and your and your relationship with your wife. So, you may work your ass off to make all this money to pay your mortgage, but you're never home. You never see your kids. Mm. Your kids grow up, they resent you, or they have like um, behavioural problems. Your relationship with your wife might break down because you never see her. You're not fostering. That relationship, you know, you're not. You have to continue to take action for love to continue to be there, right? So, um, then things break down. So you have to that whole idea of trying to organize your week and organize your life, organize your plan over a period of time, comes back to making sure that you understand those base premises. 
so that when you're taking actions and you know the outcome you're getting is related to the, your mm. own personal philosophy. So sometimes you may not like the outcome that you get. Um, and you might have to question why you don't like that, but if it's still in alignment with what your mm. um, what you believe in, then it becomes then the that the the not liking of the outcome is because you've got embedded in your mind frame somewhere an expectation of something else. But you mm. need to clear those expectations out and understand. You know, imagine it being like a train with a, a number of carriages. You need all your carriages stacked up neatly behind the tr- the you know the head carriage so that. Um, they all go in the same direction. So you want everything to flow through mm. life. But if if things don't flow, um, then, that, you know, if things are, aim, are going off at different angles, then the whole thing kind of breaks down. At some point in time, something yep. is not going to work. There's going to be some kind of destruction in your life. Mm. Um, the carriage is going to fall off the tracks. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, going yeah. off the rails yep. is a phrase that people yeah. use when people like, you know, if you think about an artist and, you know, they, they're like um, going, they're smashing it, They've come from, you know, um, this creative space and then they get to become this uber successful person. Then they become lonely. So, you know, because they're in hotels all the time, you hear this, this common story yeah. that, yeah. They ne- you know, they can't trust anyone. They don't mm-hmm. know who who around them in their support crew is actually genuinely wanting to be they're, a friend with them or not. Yep. I mean, um, Mac Miller, rest in peace, He when he got back into the drugs hard, he was saying he's like... Like his quote in one of the movies about, and he's like, "You rock up to a hotel in a city that you don't know, where you don't know anyone. I'm sitting in a hotel room on my own for fucking lonely. six to eight hours before sound check. I'm gonna do fucking drugs." Yeah, because he's lonely, man. He's not yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah. feel something. So your happiness yeah, reduces because you're not expressing these these things mm-hmm. that are important to you. All yeah. of them. You need. To, you can't deny them. You can deny some of them for a period of time, but over the course of your life it needs to smooth out so if you mm. deny something for a period of time you need to then reinvigorate that yeah and at the expense of something else and so not every single minute of every day can you put equal value across all things but you yep. need to be make sure you acknowledge them over the course of time in the appropriate at the appropriate mm-hmm. level yep and then they turn to drugs you know they go off the rails because they seek happiness in something else yep. and um, it's not true happiness though, right? And so then Correct. that mm. then that goes even more destructive yep. Um, yep. beyond the, that. So snowballs. This yeah. is And then they're so not sleeping important. because they're fucking snorting coke all night. Yeah. And, and so then, then they take sleeping pills or actually like and they're tranquilizers. So they don't you don't go through the depths of sleep you need to. You're actually just like tranquilized out. So you don't get the restorative healing mm. part. So whilst you're not conscious you're not actually getting this right. the true okay. sleep, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so your brain's actually getting more fucked up because then when you wake up, you're it's, not you're, you're not restored, to, right? Yeah, you're trying you're to function on empty. as all hell, um, and you feel like you've had a night's sleep, but you haven't had any sleep. Um, and and then, then you're trying to put yourself in a position to make actual good decisions, which you can't. Yeah. And then you're if yeah if you, you fall, and then the cycle continues. And then you can't choose the right food, and you can't mm-hmm. choose this because your brain's operating from a different space. And when you are yep. stressed, your brain does. It does make decisions from different regions, so yeah. it's harder to say no to the thing that you're mm-hmm. not meant to that you know you're not meant to have, and, and it's harder cortisol, to make the good decision. You know, definitely. Well, cortisol will halve your IQ in about seven minutes. Mm. So, yeah. like that's why people are like, oh, it's under stress, or even when you're about to order something at a fucking restaurant, and then suddenly the waiter <laughs> comes up and you change it at the last minute. You're like, oh, what? It, it's cortisol. You made a fucking yeah. stupid decision under stress because yeah. it will halve your IQ in literally seven minutes. Um, but yeah, again, like this is why. I was super keen to have you on having this discussion and, um, you know, 
the fact that in a creative field to talk about, hey guys, sleep is super important. Mm -hmm. I know we're all fucking entertainers and you've got to be at the clubs and do what you need to do, but sleep is important if you want to be here in 10 years. Um, you know, these are, these are conversations, you know, I'm sure they were happening, but I wasn't aware of it. They weren't super public fucking 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I started DJing and touring, um, and you, we'd just go all night. You'd fucking, you'd party all night and you'd fucking wake up. It's kind of like as an entertainer, every every morning is a Sunday morning and every night's a Saturday night. So every morning you're feeling like fucking shit, but you've got to go out and do it all again because mm -hmm. the crowd is there. It's their Friday night. It's their yeah. Saturday night. Um, and it can lead to a lot of fucking, you know, poor habits, behaviors, health issues. Um, but one of the biggest things um, is mental health. Yeah. Um, mental health in a creative industry because there's also a lot of pressures we put on ourselves. Um, obviously, you know, I always say uh, there's something weird about artists where we look for satisfaction in something that we do from the outside world. Like if you if you want to be a, an artist full-time, you have to make money off your art. At some point, you know, you have to recognize you have commercial-driven intents um, and that comes there's from the satisfaction yeah. of the public so it's a weird fucked up system we build ourselves where we create for ourselves but we seek satisfaction from the public from people we don't know just the framework of that can lead people in some negative headspaces because they're going fuck to me this was so good this piece of art music whatever to me this was good this was me expressing it and i got it out there but it fucking flopped it didn't sell shit so mm. am i bad was that fucked up where like and they and you can just go into this cycle um but like i said having that why having knowing where, where we want to go having that clarity in what we want to do in our lives and why we're doing it um will just mean you can deal with whether it's that rejection or getting dropped by a label or whatever the bad things that come in you can deal with them in a much better and healthier way just because you're armed with these tools and this knowledge um you know from people like you people from other industries not just music industry but wellness sectors um you know i meditate these days every saturday and it's fucking awesome and even that like it just allows you to think clearer mm. um but you know you, you kind of have to go on this learning journey and want to seek out the answers because for me it was i wasn't happy with where the fuck i was it was like okay cool 25 years of doing this shit fucking wrong has lent me to not being happy with the person that i was let's change something let's yeah. go and fucking let's find where we need to fix up and you know and it's not a fun fucking journey to be on uh, it's satisfying, but it 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 brings out everything you were trying to hide, um, and I think that's the important part because you know anything you resist will persist in life. Anything you're trying to push back or you're trying to block down, it will fucking just come up, um, and it will just keep coming until you actually address the source of it. You can't and you can't deny these things, right? So, you, you we talked about this. So when you asked me about this podcast, you talked about you know, the artists and the industry and so forth. But the reality is they're all human beings. Correct. And they are a species of an animal, yep. right? We're all animals. Correct. And people forget that um, human beings are animals and they have certain animal requirements. And we're the only, coming back to sleep, we're the only animal on the planet that actually interferes with, <laughs> um, with nature's way of yeah. sleep, true. right? No, no other animal interferes with it in any way, it's, shape it's or form. Right? consciousness. Right? Yeah, so... <laughs> We, we create That's such a good point. Yeah, we, we Imagine create if you saw like a fucking wild animal, sorry, jump watching in Watching an there. iPad at 9.30 at night. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Like, and like pounding a mother, watching some bullshit sitcom. You'd be yeah. like, why isn't that animal sleeping? Yeah. Like you should be sleeping, dude. Totally, right? Yeah. It's like when people don't feed their dogs chocolate because they're like, it'll kill my dog. Right? You're like, well, what about you, mate? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, you wouldn't give your dog Coke. You wouldn't give, you, you wouldn't give your dog um, a Red Bull, you know, yeah, like, or, yeah. because people know that it's harmful. 
but when we turn it on ourselves, you know, we don't necessarily take mm. the same level of responsibility. Mm. Um, and coming back to that, you know, and, and the, the whole the artist narrative that you said around wanting to, you know, create this piece of art, um, I would say that's more of a primitive driver. So, you know, people have creative brains or non-creative brains and, you know, someone has this desire to express. We all have a desire to express our individuality. Commercialization is a modern concept, right? So those two not, are not necessarily always in sync. Yes. And um, if you want to commercialize something, what you need to be able to do is understand what what the average wants, what the masses want. Mm-hmm. And to be able to understand that, you need to be able to take criticism. You need to actually go to someone yeah. and say, "What do you think of this?" Yep. And then they'll say, "I it's don't think this X is enough." Yeah. Yep. And then you'll yeah. say. Well, that means it's too commercial or it's too, you know, poppy or yep. it's too whatever. It's not artistic enough. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if everyone was artistic enough to understand how the value of that, then everyone would be an artist. Yep. Would be an artist, right? Yep. But the point is, you can only take it so far until people probably don't understand the value, right? Um, the value. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so creativity clock. Like I think of creativity as a circle, like a clock. You can just go round and round. At some point, though, it's like you, if you ever had a drawing or something you're working on and you had it perfect and you went that one bit too far and you're like, I fucked it. Like you're going yeah. around this creativity clock. Eventually, you get to a point where you're back where you started from. Yeah. There's this cool guy called Jason Fox. He's a thought leader and he's, mate, this guy would sleep on 10 thesauruses, I reckon. Like every time I read his emails, I'm, I'm, I have to, it takes me ages because I have to try and take each uh, sentence you mentioned at a time. This dude right? Yeah. Last so week. he has this, this, he sent this thing about oscillation through the other day and, um, I mean, I'll, I'll make it hand gesture again, but for the, for the camera to work. But like, if you imagine my one hand going up, that's betterness, and then one hand going down, that's worseness. Mm-hmm. And then we have an axis that goes. So we have an uh, an axis that goes up and down, and one that yep. goes left to right. Yep. Um, and then if we had on that other on the left to right, you'd have um, say like full artistic creativity, and then you have on the other hand like um, what the public want. And so um, if, if betterness is judged by how much exposure you get, right, if we use that as a framework, if you, if, you're in artist, if you spend too much time in the artistic realm, then maybe you, you run the risk of dropping down into worseness because the public don't correspond with that. They don't understand mm-hmm. it at the same level or same depth yep. that you do. So then you have to come back up and add a little bit more of what they want, you mm-hmm. know. But then if you spend too much time there, you become too vanilla, right yeah. you don't stand out from the crowd you're just like every other artist mm-hmm. um so you don't you know there's no um, there's no reason to buy into what you have to offer so then you have to bring back a bit more creativity yeah, and then yeah, yeah. um and then there's this oscillation that he draws on this thing and, and he said the real key is to try and understand you need to speed up your recognition of where you are on that curve the faster you realize you're starting to drop the quicker okay. you can amend what you you're can, doing right. and then the whole thing raises up. So you be, you get above that middle line. So you, you spend most of your time in betterness, right? It's a really cool concept. Yeah, you yeah. can apply it in health, you can apply it in business, you can apply it, you can apply it anywhere. Yep. Um, but, you know, you have to understand what, what you're trying to achieve. So the artist who wants to be a commercial artist, if they want them to be, if that if that's what they want their career, career to be, maybe you need to eat some shit first, right? Mm-hmm. And then work and have a creative piece mm-hmm. that you work on for a long time. And that, I don't think I've ever seen Edward Norton do a bad movie, but this new movie he's got coming out, he's been working on for 20 years, right? And um, <laughs> he read a book, he loved the book, he loved the character, and he's, it's been moulding in the background and he wanted to create a piece, an artistic piece that, that has, and if, if you listen to the podcast, it has, um, it's more around um, 
more around this. It's a quite a long movie. Um, yeah, it's a real kind of thinking type movie. It sort of positions it a bit like some of the other ones in the past, like LA Confidential and that, where it's not necessarily this like Hollywood happy ending type thing. It's more um, taking you into a into a narrative that's deep and makes you you know contemplate the characters and so forth. It took him a long time to mesh this all together, and it's a true artistic piece for him, right? Like, and when he was trying to sell it to the, you know, he couldn't sell it because, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, I think he used the analogy of it was like Rain Man and Rain Man mixed, no, it was Forrest Gump mixed with LA Confidential. LA Confidential, and people were like, man, this sounds a bit weird. <laughs> and then like even his, even the music in there, he, sounds he awesome used, to me. Yeah, I love he, um, <laughs> he had Radiohead mixed with this jazz musician, and they yeah. like the, I can't, I don't right. know the guy from Radiohead to make the the score and also the, the the rest of the music and yeah, and like it's this full artistic thing. But if he had to try to enact that day one, oh. you know. Maybe it wouldn't have had the same level of success, yep, you know? definitely. And I, look, I love back to Goiti. I love the album before that, um, before the most successful one. I've just forgotten mm-hmm. the name. There was Making one called Mirrors like or whatever it's called. Making Mirrors is the more the recent, That's the, the, the re- successful one. one. Like Drawing Bro- Blood, I think it's yeah, called. Um, yeah. yeah, with yeah, eyes wide open and stuff. like Yeah, that. and that that one, um, I love that. You know, and didn't hit the same heights, but it's still got the same artistic mm-hmm. level. You know, he. He what he was able to do was just elevated into a probably mm. he he bought it he bought his creativity into a, a space where it become a little bit more publicly accessible, mm. rather than being rather existing in you know the yep. true creative. And yeah. he, it's kind of like what Triple J used to be. Yeah. <laughs> versus what the Fox is right, and like trying to find yourself halfway between those two mm. if you want to have commercial success, so you still get to be your creative that you want but have access to the masses because yeah, that's yep. where you get your money. That's how you get your livelihood. Mm. That's how you, you you would do it. I don't know. This, I'm just going to spit on here. No, no, it's not like I'm a musician. It's pretty no, accurate. No, yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you said the way Triple J used to be as well from someone who's not in an industry. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Stewie, what are your thoughts on this? We've kind of hijacked the conversation over here. It's fine. I'm just sitting back and listening. Yeah. 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 It's all accurate. I don't really have much more to add. I think um, there's a couple of things that I thought we only touched on it, but it was how social media has changed the way people think. And I think like um, on that is like the the reason why social media can degrade public thoughts or, you know, the way that the society moves along and it changes that and sort of thing. Because on social media, the algorithm causes you to see the same stuff on a repetitive basis. So if you don't have people that think differently in your inner circle, then you're not going to... Um, necessarily see the other point of view so you're constantly just being fed the same information mm. and you're not you challenging your thought yeah, you're I, also, in an echo chamber. Like, I also just... don't fully agree with that I see the argument for it and I understand you're like it is true you it does give you this fucking echo chamber of fucking bullshit or whatever you know if that's what you choose to expose yourself if to if you choose to expose but people but, that don't choose to expose themselves to to different things mm, I think social media but that, I don't I don't think social media is to blame for that there's, think, three la- there's three think, layers of this conversation. I think okay. social media, one, it's just a communication tool. It's up to humans totally. as to how we use this. If you choose, all it is is communication tool. Yeah. At its bare form, what we as humans, how we choose to use it, what we load those funnels up with, with bullshit and fuck, whatever it is, that's on us. Um, but it also, it doesn't change. No one changed because of Instagram. It just exposed the fact that you were superficial. I'm not it, talking on an individual basis. On, on a societal basis. On a masses. Yeah. yeah. So this is the way that I I think of it, right? So you, people people no, don't want to 
unearth their dirty laundry. Like people yeah. don't want other people to know the worst side of them. So they only show one half of their existence, right? So straight away you've got this dichotomy of, of reality, which, you know, people looking at other people and going, this is what the world looks like. Mm. And you, it, even if you're aware of it, 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 it still gets to you, you know. It's still like I. It, it's just the exposure. Because if I have an ambition to have this, if I have an ambition to have some kind of mansion, wherever or whatever, and I'm seeing other people who are at my level doing that, then it kind of still gets to you, and you still sort of at some level think, I want to be there. What do I have to do to be there? Which is a form of resonant stress, even if it is in line with your goals. You're still positioning yourself against that person, me versus them. Where am I? You know, which can create some stress. Sometimes that can be you stressed and that it helps motivate you along, but most of the time it's probably pathological. It causes people to have, it causes harm. But even if people are really creating what, even if they're putting up all of what they are, right, and it is their full existence and you're looking at it and you're comparing, you're still not coming back to your own points of what, what do I want? And that's what I think, that's the biggest harm that social media has done is it shows people access to everything and people don't actually... Um, go back with some introspection and go, well, what's real to me? What do I want my life to look like? I don't necessarily want to travel all around the world. I want to try and work on my business so that I'm setting myself up for 10 years' time. My kids can go to, you know, um, a private school or whatever you want to do, you know what I mean? So, like, you have you, the trade-off of decisions that you're making today gets distorted by these realities that are around you on social media. And then the echo chamber one, what I think with that is that it, what happens um, – Let's use a controversial topic like Trump, right? So you've got all these pro-Trumpers, anti-Trumpers. What happens is they might follow certain pages, you know, just say you're a, um, a national NRA, you know, a member, so you love your guns and you're following Trump and you get all the other people that all the pages that you follow are likely to have like a, or a lot of them a similar kind of thread. And then you've got all the other people who are, you know, um, not like that um, and they've got all, all their thread and so they're only getting, so the anti-Trump people only get anti-Trump news fed to them and then the pro-Trump get all the pro-Trump news fed to them. And mm -hmm. that's good because they like hearing that stuff. Um, and it may be in line with their values. It may be in line with what they, want to, what they want to do and execute in life. But what it does is it creates rage between the two parties, right? Because instead of being able to have a normal conversation, because you're in this echo chamber where everyone's like, you know, um, it's like in Mario Kart and the Super Nintendo where you go over those little <laughs> things that would super speed you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it fires everyone right up, right? They, it accelerates the emotional behaviour within the group. And then all of a sudden when they have to then coexist at some point in time, yep. then it becomes more aggressive mm -hmm. and more confrontational. And then that creates more stress and more harm because then it's not a natural state of being for humans. We don't like also, to be like I that. I think that comes back to it's like... If you, were to, if you were to take over a country, the first thing you do is take over the media. Like, mm -hmm. everyone knows the media, that's why yeah. fucking um, Hitler was so successful because the, the news propaganda, he was feeding the yeah. public was it's propaganda. propaganda. But yeah. it, it works. Um, I think in this stage, like, in 1920, I would say, cool, that's maybe an excuse. It's in fucking 2020, blaming, um, you know, whether it's Fox who saying that, oh, the propaganda machine is here, like... Propaganda works, you can be false, you can be fed information, it's just going to further your fucking whatever your beliefs. I think if people are not waking up to their fucking existence and realising that maybe everything they read online isn't felt and they shouldn't make all their judgments of this, if you don't have the fucking foresight to start thinking that way, like, at some point, evolution catches up because yeah. you can't... And it will change over time, but there's mm. that whole law of diffusion of innovation, like when a new idea comes along... 
people don't always accept it straight away. So whilst you're a forward-thinking guy and you're going to investigate, you don't trust necessarily everything you're being fed, a lot of people can't be fucked to actually go and read yeah. anything, right? Yep. They're too busy, or they're too busy because they've overpopulated their life with other shit yep. or they're too tired or they're too nuked chemically or whatever. Yep. So they just they just they agree with everyone it. else. Wait, mate, when you have – well, you're not going to have a kid because you've had the snip. But if you um, – when you have a kid and you like, there's this real easy point to see the diff, like just different parenting strategies and different ideals and stuff. Not saying there's a right or wrong or any way about going about, it, but you just see people either just follow what everyone else does or people yep. actually ask questions and try and do different things. They mm-hmm. read, they learn, you know, and then the, you can see differences in operation in Definitely. that field. But it's just if you take that and you put it into health or you put it into even music or whatever, yep. people either dive in. Yep, because they want to know, or they just back or into they the just matrix. Follow, they just follow the average, and that's why yep. seven out of ten people are overweight because they just follow what everyone else does and they yep. don't think about it. And even I think that's back to it's not changing people; it exposes you. Having a kid in that situation doesn't change you; it just exposes the fact that you're probably fucking lazy and don't care to look into this sort of stuff. You know, it's not changing you. It's just now it's going to expose it. Now there's no hiding behind your fucking bullshit values where you're like, yeah, I'm a family guy. Oh, yeah, well, do you spend time with your fucking kids or not? Mm-hmm. Like there's now you can't hide behind it. Um, and and advertising is part of media, right? So there, I remember we did a podcast and we talked about kids and they had this – there was a study that they did where they, they showed that kids, they, um, they showed one group of kids, um, they, well, they were getting to play with other kids and then they showed one group of kids some ads about this toy um, and then they said, you can have this toy if you go and play with that kid over there, he's a bully, or you can make a meaningful relationship with this kid over here. And then um, it was staggering, I can't remember the number, that chose that they would rather have the toy and cop the social disharmony mm. because of this thing that was advertised to them um, as well. So even though mm. it, they knew it was gonna create harm, they still went down that, ro- that route, right? They were told mm-hmm. it was gonna happen. But that was still the choice they made. So media does infect us, even though we sometimes oh. I mean, we're given all the information because yeah. we're human beings mm. and we get duped. We get we have other things that drive us that we don't even necessarily always identify or understand. Yep. Subconscious, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think we got to start. Oh, yeah, I, I think, know. This I think we're we're yeah, 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 but this is I could fucking talk about yeah. this for hours. This has been awesome. Um, but we will wrap it up. Shuri, give us um, give us one or two takeaways out of this. Anything that you didn't know that you learned out of this. Uh, I mean, I always have loved learning about sleep and how it's affected uh, affects people, and I just think it's really important to talk about it. Um, we're in a society of music where people like to appease and like to be seen as the cool person or someone that does the cool thing. I think it's always important to to really just take a look at yourself and, and ask the question of what do I want and mm-hmm. what, what is important to me. And yep. a lot of the time that might be I want to drink heaps and do heaps of drugs and be a cool guy and party heaps and stuff like that. But the, the question still needs to be is that really what I want? So I think that's mm-hmm. a really important There's no thing. more important person to impress than yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yep. Because otherwise all those other – if you're not impressing yourself, all those other bad conversations come in your head. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 100%. What about you, mate? What did you take away? Um – yeah, the importance of it, like, I mean, and it's still kind of sinking, as I said, like, I'm kind of just starting on this personal development and kind of journey that I see in improving who I am. Um, but, you know, realizing that, you know, fuck, you know, shift work is now put on the list with nicotine and carcinogens and things that will fucking kill you. Shift work, like, lack of sleep is that serious. Um, and, you know, combining that with the industry that you're in, it really does make you, all right, let's 
take accountability for me. Like I'm responsible for it. It's fucking on me. Um, and it's super powerful because then one, you, you are in charge of everything that you do. Um, but it also strips away any fucking excuse that you were going to hide behind. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for me is that. And then as you said, just seeing where all these things interlock and entwine in your life, like, you know, by having that clear outs outset and where I want to go personally with the business professionally, where I want to take the studios, you know, that leads to decisions to, you know, am I going to go out all night this night? And I know that that sleep is going to fucking make it. So I'm not as effective in that meeting tomorrow morning. And once you have clarity on all these things, um, you can really just start pulling apart the threads and then putting them back together uh, in the way you want. You can also make smarter decisions. 100%. Yeah. You're going to make yep. better. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think the main the main take home I, I love for people to get is that we're, we're expressive animals, right? And that if you, wanted to, if you want to be the best at anything in life, you need to make sure you can express your vitality fully, right? So... The thing that makes us express our vitality fully, there's so many, so many things, but you can kind of package it up into kind of six, six areas. One's nutrition. Um, you want to have, you know, um, good nutrition, good sleep, um, move a lot, like good physical health as well into movements, not just how, how are you moving? You need to make sure, you know, you're, you're lean and you're not you know, carrying too much excess and so forth. And then, um, you need to um, have like good mental routines, like good mindset and mental health and checking in with yourself and some of that stuff we spoke about a little bit um, with that. Um, and then you need to have like a, a good understanding of your external environment around you, like how, how we rely on the environment. And this I don't want to go down the whole climate change <laughs> path, but, you know, like we need to make conscious decisions around stuff like that because it impacts us as well. And even just what you set up in your environment in terms of toxicity that can come into your system, mm. um, even just like being, imagine sitting in a room full of smokers, like that you, you're putting yourself in harm by just sitting there in one space. But, um, and I've kind of forgotten one, but they're kind of like, you need to address these things at all levels to execute and get that vitality expressing fully. And that, that's, that's crucial um, in that. Um, well, I'll give you some stuff to put in the notes so that people can, can access more of this information. Yeah. Um, the podcast around sleep is really important. One, we didn't even get into things like dementia and Alzheimer's, but that like that's a significant component of lack of sleep too. Yep. Um, losing your marbles. So. Um, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll put it all in the um in the comments, and then do you want to give a quick plug? Do you have anything coming up? People can donate to your Movember cause. Yeah. Um, yeah, John, anything you'd like to uh, plug well, before we go? We're going to have the guys' day here on Friday night, so yep. let, let's um plug that because uh that's yep. next uh, Friday, yeah, the 29th. Yep. When this yep. is out, it'll probably be this coming Friday. Okay. So all right. Um. Come along to that because that'll be fun. Yep. Um, or donate. Um, have you got a page? I do, yeah. Yep. yep. It's um, mobro.co slash stubza. Stubza. All right. Yep. Um, I don't even know what mine is. So um, <laughs> donate to Stu's because it's still going to the same, it's going <laughs> to the same place. Um, I think we'll hit it. I'm at 170 um, donated so far. My my goal was 300. So still a bit to go. So all I'm right. keen for that. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. should pull that through at the uh, social event. Yeah. Yep. We can top that up. That'll be good. Confident. And then um, for me, if people want to find me, um, my Instagram and Twitter handles is at docyo, D-O-C-Y-E-O. So you can shoot me messages or questions there. Um, I don't know what my Facebook page one is, but I, I don't really use it as much anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and then um, at my clinic, my chiropractic, which is in Alpha, Victoria. Um, you can, if you need to, if you want to have a chat about anything, um, I don't just see people about their back. Um, I do a lot of kind of ends up being coaching. Um, mm -hmm. So 
you can just book in there and um, you can book in online. If people want to book in online, you just go to www.mychiropractic.com.au. Perfect. Nice. And as you can all tell, he's a wealth of knowledge on this subject. Uh, Marcus, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, boys. It's and, been a good, uh, good chat. Yeah, that's it for us. We'll see you next time. Sweet. See ya. Cheers.